Welcome to Married AF. We are your hosts, Brooke and Randall Fowler. On this show, we discuss the topics that really matter. Like big veiny cocks and our favorite TV shows. So pull up a chair at our kitchen table and hang out. While I bulldog my nuts. (laughs) All right. Hello, Facebook. We are live, finally back together again with the powerful Rachel Miller, who we love dearly. Hello. Hi, I feel like it's been forever since I've talked to you guys. It has been forever. It has I've, been. I think it literally didn't, wasn't the last time we talked to you, like right after we moved in our house? I think so, yeah. And that was like April. <laughs> well, you know, things have been busy and oh. crazy. Yeah, life's been happening. We can't let this happen again. (laughs) No, we should do better. I agree. I feel like you should be like all with 75 degrees by now. Well, that one doctor, it takes you decades, doesn't it? Oh, my God. It's so bad. (laughs) I can't. It's it's truly like I'm not even where I thought I would be at this point. Like the dissertation process itself is so painful and slow. Like I'm just I don't know. I'm trying not to let it frustrate me to the point of quitting. So (laughs) you're a soldier. I I wouldn't be able to do it. There's no way. I was so sick of school just after regular four years of college. I got (laughs) to go let John in. This is why I I almost brought him in here. Now I can hear him going (laughs) under the door. (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah. All right. We're all set. I was zoned out for a second. I heard y'all exchanging pleasantries, but Welcome to everybody that's uh, that's joining us right now. We are Married as Fuck podcast. I am Randall, and that is my wife Brooke over there. Hello. Now, if you're coming from Instagram, goddamn, you'd be looking for Uncle Randy. I don't have my shades on, goddamn, because I'm going to be Randall right now. So don't be disappointed. And because he's shades. sitting within punching distance of me, <laughs> and <laughs> it's not acceptable to wear sunglasses. Yeah, and I don't. I feel like inside Ray, or at night. Rachel stink face. If I spoke to her for an hour as Uncle Randy, it would get old really quickly. It might. Not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, she'd be like, so, "Oh, weird, bad connection." Oh Bye. God, I gotta go. <laughs> Tell you what, though, that Uncle Randy, uh, like people that aren't super close to him, fucking love it. <laughs> like the internet, like random people on the internet love Uncle Randy, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I want to give Rachel Uh, a tidbit, though, about Uncle Randy, because Uncle Randy is very related to Rachel Miller. For one, not only I learned a lot of things from our relationship and things we've discussed that I use in some of the advice, which I know you see, right? Because I think of you every time I answer a question in my head. I'm like, all right, Rachel's going to like this one. Nope. Going to hate this one. (laughs) No, she's really going to like this one. Going to really hate this one. But I do think of you every time, Rachel. So oh, thanks. Impact. I do um, watch them as often as I can, as often as I catch them. Well, so we wanted to talk about Valentine's Day and everything coming up. Uh, right around the corner. Valentine's Day. We got a bunch of questions. We've got seven total. And I know our history with you. We take hours on each question, so I want to get started right. so we actually get them all. If that's okay with you? Yes, and we can we can work hard at like staying on track. <laughs> <laughs> we got oh, this. We're, we're trying. 
We're <laughs> practicing. Shout out to Dr. Muddington in the chat, Jen Fackler and powerful Dave from Man Brain. Nice. Chad Fackler, too. Welcome. Oh. All right. You want to read question one? Sure. All right. Rachel, what do you think of my advice to other married couples about Valentine's Day? What? Don't celebrate it. Don't feed into a marketing holiday that tells you how to show specific types of affection one day to exploit your relationship for financial gain. Just treat each other with love and respect 365 days a year. Well, I love the sentiment. I think it also depends on who you're in a relationship with because some people really love that shit. Uh-huh. Like some people think it's great and they like the extra intention behind the day. So I was like, I'm not opposed to it in theory. I mean, in the Midwest, at least I found out this was a Midwest thing, supposedly. In fall, we have sweetest day. It's kind of the same thing. Like it's just it's just an excuse to do something extra for your partner. So go in if it makes a difference to them, but if you've got somebody who doesn't care, then you don't have to make a deal out of it. I would just make sure you make that a conversation ahead of time instead of just showing up on Valentine's Day with nothing because that might not be your best bet. Well, here's what I think. As soon as I read that question, I thought this. like This is such a thing nowadays, though, where like you have to be one extreme or the other. Like, <laughs> Don't even touch Valentine's Day. It's bullshit or either spend all your money and go in debt to prove how much you love somebody. There's no, you know, people don't want to be in the middle and just be like, it's cool. You know, do a little bit. It's cool. Yeah. Like just do what you're comfortable with. It just, it's one of those things that you're going to want to negotiate though. Like don't make an assumption that your partner's totally cool with you. Like dissing on Valentine's day, if that's the thing they love. So check in before you do that one. Well, so how would you say to do this though, Rich? Cause every couple has a, you know, a different dynamic, right? So say yeah. one of them, say one of them says, says the husband, he says, Valentine's Day is bullshit. We don't, we don't need to spend money on each other. This is stupid. Just act like another day. Deep down inside, the wife wants to be like, bitch, I want you to spoil me a little, but she's like, yeah, okay. Goes along with it. And he never knows that builds a little resentment. It does. I would suggest my hope is always that you're being honest with your partner. Regardless, I recognize that's not always the case. It might be helpful to know a little bit about like your partner's love language. If you have a partner who gifts is their love language, like that's the thing they love. Blowing off Valentine's Day might not be your best bet, even if they tell you it's OK. Grab a card, grab something small, like acknowledge the moment and that that's how they like to receive love. If you've got somebody who's, you know, love language is words of affirmation, tell them you love them in an extra special way that day. Like you can, you can acknowledge the holiday without it having to be gift related. Mm -hmm. It can be quality time. Yeah. It can be quality time. It can be sex, sex. doesn't cost you anything. Sex. Yes. Sexy time. It doesn't cost you anything. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to celebrate a holiday without having to like blow a bunch of cash. Mm -hmm. Taking your clothes off with each other doesn't cost any money. Yeah. And so how, you brought up a whole nother question off of your answer, which is going to happen hmm. repeatedly tonight. And that's Sorry. why we hours on each question. But so when a, when a partner says, don't buy me anything, 
What percentage of the time do you think that's bullshit? Oh, How will people get around being safe with that? Because I know some people, I would, if Brooke said it, I wouldn't believe it for a second. I would really rather like a homemade thing. Like I love when they make me cards, the boys. Mm -hmm. and like, I really like that. I have a, a board at work. I put them all on and shit. But if she said, don't give me anything, I'm not falling for that shit. I'm just not going to do it. But how do you get to where, you know, there's no doubt in that? Oh, that's a tricky one because I think. <laughs> Chip so the, Chip no, the question is, so the question is, why don't you believe Brooke? Right. That's, uh, yeah, the honesty. Well, I'm saying if she, she wouldn't say that. I'm saying if she said that. Brooke would never say, don't buy me anything. She'd be like, sure. Are you If for some reason, because I know her well enough, if my wife said, don't get me anything, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. That's crazy talk. You have to know your partner. Like you, you have to, I would hope to God you would know them enough to know if they're bullshitting you. Mm -hmm. Like, there's also the recognition of sometimes it's, it's maybe something you'd like to do and something they would like to do, but you can't like, maybe you can't swing it or maybe it's an off pay period or maybe the thing they want is like not in the budget this year. Like there's lots of reasons why, but, but you have to know your partner. I mean, I would hope to God that if you're a gift person, your partner knows this about you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course. Like the truth is, is, Tom could care less and thank goodness. Cause I'm a crappy gift giver, but like, you know, Tom's like, it's fine. You don't have to get me anything. We both know I probably won't get him anything for Valentine's day. I'm <laughs> terrible about it. I'm, I, and the truth, and he will probably have something for me. He almost <laughs> always does. Mm -hmm. I don't ever get Randall anything either because, or like I'll get him like a card or something, but right. it's the same thing. It's hey, like, don't, he, don't dive too far into this ladies. This is a question. Okay. So okay. A, a All right. I'm going to get there, but I want you to answer Dave. Can you see his question, Rachel? Uh, yeah. So what do you do in an equal relationship when disagreeing on an important decision when both are stubborn AF and neither will back down? <laughs> um, negotiation skills are key in a relationship. I don't think that people pay enough attention to the skills they have. Like the skills you would use in a work environment around negotiation and compromise are the same ones you use in your marriage or in your you know relationship because it's the same skill set and at some point somebody may either have to back down or you may have to couch it for a while yeah. oh yeah i know all right i'm gonna move on to number two not so we're not gonna dig in about everything too lost <laughs> all right rachel how can i get my husband to actually for once plan a romantic date all by himself, take care of all the details and not ask me any questions about what I want to do. Just tell me to get dressed up or whatever I need so that I can just be surprised with a lovely evening without having to think about anything. Then I want him to take me home and give it to me like we <laughs> I guess so right in that letter, right? <laughs> but Okay, so Randall, let me ask you this question because it's one I get in sessions regularly. There's, and actually I could ask either one of you because it's it's one partner or the other who really struggles with the ability to plan a date from start to finish. 
-hmm. And the excuse that I, and I don't, I use the explanation that I hear often is, well, I'm just not into logistics and they think 10 steps more than I ever would. But in my, like my thought process is if you know this about your partner, then it should be a little easier to actually plan this and proceed with this. Anybody like why, why, why do men more often do you think Randall not follow through on this? I don't know. Like that, that's odd to me because in our relationship, I would be the one that would make those plans, not because she's <laughs> incapable, but because she knows how picky I mm -hmm. am and wouldn't want mm -hmm. to pick the wrong pick where I know she's down for really whatever. I mean, I hate this. <laughs> the one that sound like she's like, doesn't know what like. <laughs> she'll just do anything and have fun with it. So it would defer to me, but for the guys, I don't know why they wouldn't think right to go ahead. And but that's valid though. That's a valid point, right? Looking at the relationship and thinking about who's more particular. Uh -huh. Like if, if you look back at your relationship and you recognize that you have repeatedly dissed out on, you know, dissed date ideas, been like, why didn't you think about this and have been overly critical about the few attempts that have been made, mm -hmm. it may be impacting their ability to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so opening up yourself to this concept of, I have to not have any control over this and I need to be okay with whatever it is they plan for us. Mm -hmm. Like that is part of the conversation around like, this is what a, ask for what you want in as clear and direct language as possible, and then let go of the results and leave that in their lap to figure out. Because you can't, A, you can't control your partner, but B, you actually have to let them do it. And maybe they have to screw up and not do a great job once or twice before they figure out how to put all the pieces into place. Yeah. You have yeah. to be able to go with that. I think that you got to be able to separate, right? Like, for me, I think where I could see guys getting confused in this or women, if they're the one that has that's pickier, so they tend to get diverted to to make plans or whatever. You can't then when that's been the case forever, still get in your feelings when your partner lets themselves step back like you got to know yourself well enough to know that like I've made that expectation in our relationship. So I can't be getting my feelings hurt if Brooke doesn't plan us an extravagant date mm -hmm, when for yeah. 10 years I've been the one making the date. Mm -hmm. Like we'd have to talk about that. I couldn't just yeah. sit there and be emotional and be like, you never do anything for me. You never plan anything. I planned our anniversary be, date, actually. I know, but I'm saying it would be rude of me and it would be, yeah. so you know, I would be being emotional instead of intelligent based <laughs> on our relationship. Yeah to be all heard about it when I've created half of what's made this yeah. be that way. Yeah. That I think, makes sense. No, absolutely. And I think that there's, you know, we often fall into patterns in relationships, right? Where we just, you know, Randall, you're the date planner. Tom tends to almost always be the date planner. Um, you'll find there's certain partners in relationships who are just, they take charge of that kind of thing, but it doesn't mean that you as the other partner don't occasionally need to step up to the plate and and throw that off a little bit because that's it's a lot of work to plan a date like let's be real it's not mm -hmm. like 
It's not like, oh, everybody just get dressed and go. No, like a really nice date takes some planning and takes some thought. And so if you're the partner who doesn't do this, it means a whole hell of a lot to the partner who does when you step up and, you know, and take a turn. The problem is, is that you can't ever convince the other, like you're not going to badgering your partner who doesn't plan dates to plan a date for you probably isn't going to go well because yeah. then they just feel criticized and right. they just feel like, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've had a, I had a client once say to me, I don't feel like I can plan dates because he plans the most elaborate, fabulous, amazing dates. I could never measure up to that. And his response to that was, I don't need you to. I would be really thrilled if you just planned to walk around the block once in a while. Like this recognition that you don't have to keep up with it, talking to your partner about like what it is, honestly, what you need and what you want and checking your assumptions. Cause I think often we make assumptions about that. Either they don't want to, or they don't know how, or they're too lazy or whatever story you tell yourself about why they don't plan dates, check in on some of those assumptions. It may just be that maybe they're afraid of letting you down. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably at the root of it either way. Both of those make, yeah. are totally fair. I mean, go either way. I mean, I, yeah, I did plan our anniversary date, but I checked in with you on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just dinner and a movie, but I was still like, is this time? Okay. Was, what about this time? It, it was still and great. this restaurant and this movie. <laughs> it was fantastic. And but I get what Rachel's saying, like about, you know, if you're the other person, to sometimes occasionally step up and do it. And if you're the, the predetermined normal planner on occasion, you should step back and accept that right. those plans and just be grateful that they're being made. Right. Like just allow them to be whatever they're going to be and make the best out of it. And, and it's okay if it's not perfect, right? Like nobody's perfect. Not every date's spectacular and you can make the most of whatever it is you end up doing. Yeah. Randall probably would have been just as happy if we would have just found a place for Gunner to spend the night and <laughs> that and yep, totally. <laughs> the house to ourselves, but still went to a dinner and a movie. <laughs> what do you got for number three, bud? Right. Uh, Rachel, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves with Valentine's day? I mean, if you think societally, you see huge deals made out of it on TV, in movies, in bad romance novels, in songs. Like it's, it's everywhere. And we tend to take everything to the extreme if you think about it. Mm -hmm. to, like, it, yeah, to, to your point earlier, Randall, it's like all in and big and huge and, or nothing at all. And like, oh. so I think some of how you take the pressure off of it is that you have a conversation, right? Like yep. make expectations, like recognize what everybody's expectations are around it. Oh, like, are we there? Be honest. Okay, we're still here. Uh, are you guys there? Okay. We're good. Uh, we just but I think you just have thing. to. Did I lose you? Oh, yep, there you are. There you are. You got all glitchy okay. for a second and then we're back. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I think so much of it is about how do you communicate your expectations and then to recognize that you also need to be realistic about your expectations and 
and be open and honest with your partner about what it is you need and want around things like Valentine's Day. And also accept that you have no power ultimately over what they're going to do. And you have to be okay with that. Like the but holiday is only as big as you need it, as you want it to be. And you guys as a couple get to decide or, you know, get to decide what that looks like. But don't you think though, if somebody can't take an L on occasion, like maybe this year wasn't the most grandiose year, but come the fuck on. It's <laughs> Valentine's day. Like if that were to happen and to people listening, like if you put so much fucking pressure on making it such a big deal, I mean, Valentine's day is cool and all, but you know, I mean, you could just as easily do the same thing on any random Saturday of the year. Mm -hmm. I know. And a lot of people do. And that's why they end up yeah. dying of a heart attack. At 55, <laughs> stressing over the dumb shit. Well, but I think that like Valentine's Day, because I mean, even if you think about like marriage proposal, the proposals these days, right? Like they've blown that out of the water. We've blown Valentine. Like everything is bigger and better and more elaborate. Gender reveals, Rachel. Right. Gender reveals are getting out of hand. So it's this kind of thing. And you can choose as a couple to buy in. Or you can have a you can have a real conversation about what it is you like about it, what it is you don't like about it, what it is you would like, and then what's realistic for the two of you. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. All right, number four is pretty, uh, it's pretty strong. Okay. Rachel, we all know men get fucked over with Valentine's Day. Anniversaries, Day, Father's Day, birthdays, and Christmas. Okay, this is not say Father's Day. I know you support women. But won't you admit that the entire holiday setup is anti-men? <laughs> Good luck. Uh, You're not going to get a yes out of Rachel on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you're feeling screwed over by the holiday, like, have a conversation about that. Do I think in general women yeah. have more expectations around things like Valentine's Day? Sure. Does it mean you have to comply with that? No. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of time, I think so historically speaking, I think these were days that were sort of set up to appreciate the fact that women carry a larger what we'll call emotional labor load than men. Historically, I'm not talking like even though I do think women tend to still carry more of an emotional labor load than men. But this was sort of the like how do you pay women back for all the things they do that are not monetized? It used to be gifts. Like that's mm -hmm. how we did that. And it continues to sort of follow through. It doesn't mean you have to do it. And if you would like more, like if you're a gift guy that you like getting gifts, communicate that. Yeah. Well, I think Rachel, honestly, knowing guys, right? Like I think that, Probably, and I'm just going to put a number out there, and I have absolutely no idea if this is real, but let's just say 75% of men say, don't get me anything, I'm cool. And of that 75%, probably only 50% mean it. And so you got 25% of guys that are not telling the truth and then being all in their feelings when they've set the wrong expectation. I think that's what, like, 50% of problems in marriages are that is somebody not telling what they really want and being upset yeah. when they don't get 
what yeah. they've only thought inside they wanted. They, there's absolutely some truth to that. I would also like argue if we're talking about historically speaking, like how some of these traditions started and why we're still stuck in them. Let's remember that women didn't used to have access to money. God. Okay, so if we're going to talk about men get screwed over, okay, well, let's remember women could only even take out credit in their name since about 1972. So, like, historically, oh men bought gifts because men had access to money. The only money women had access to was very often money that was given to them for allowances and whatever. So, a lot of this is traditional. Do I think it needs to change? Yeah, we probably need to have larger conversations about it. But remember, a lot of it's historically based. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I think people are going to, they can't pick their poison, though, with like the guy that asked this question, you know, are the same. Then what are they going to do when you got people wanting to, you know, get rid of holidays altogether that say they're all outdated and all this and that, you know, you. I don't understand what big deal of just being okay with getting a gift. Like I think of it and this could be totally, I'm an animal and I'm just a piece of shit dude. But you know, I mean, a lot of it is she's the decision maker on whether we're going to have sexy time. So I hate to say it's, it's partial bribery, but that's a piece of the whole <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm not lying. I want to be honest. When I'm, when I'm picking the gift. That's a, I don't know the percentage, but that's a piece of it. Like, is she going to see this and be like, okay, let's go and take off the clothes or not? Because it's up to her and I want it to go that my has way. nothing to do with you giving me gifts. It's a piece of it. <laughs> but what he's really? saying is it's a piece of how he chooses gifts and whether or not he's getting gifts. I appreciate the honesty, actually, Randall. <laughs> like, I mean, and that, I mean, and this is how you sort of, determine some of these things like you look at your relationship individually participate or don't participate in the larger you know sham that is hallmark holidays mm -hmm. but also look at why you make the decisions you make like randall if you're willing to own the fact that look part of why i buy gifts is to like put some money in my sexy bank account over here <laughs> yep like okay cool make yeah. sense go buy the gift I mean, I don't think for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's not, no. you know, I think it's a agreed upon. I mean, I know that I can't just say you woman, give me sex now. <laughs> that, yeah. That's not going to work. No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> so showing up empty handed is going to also lessen my chances of, of attaining my goal. So, you know, it's a small piece. You think of it. of it as like showing appreciation. A piece, yeah. But I also yeah. know, you know, like, especially around holidays, like Valentine's day, you know, everything comes back to me just being a horny animal, I know, but <laughs> that's the sexy type of holiday in my mind. So it is partially driven that, you know, and consenting mm -hmm. relationships. I don't see a problem with that. I, I think of Valentine's as a little sexy. You got to score at the end of that. Constant hand gestures over here. <laughs> that, isn't that the point, right? Like, what do you look at Valentine's Day as? Mm -hmm. Is it like a, is it like a sex holiday? Like, or is it like a blowjob holiday where like you get blowjobs <laughs> on like your birthday and steak on a blowjob day and like I love that idea. Why don't we have those? <laughs> a blowjob for, for everybody. Yeah. Or it is. No, there's steak, there's steak and blowjob day. I can't remember the exact date now. I think it's in May. Right? Yeah. Like 
<laughs> Somebody decided to try like men needed a holiday and that was what it, you know, that was what it was. Mm. But recognizing that for yourself, what what is it? Like what comes up for you around this? Like do you do you see Valentine's Day as just an extra day to make sure you're intentional to show someone that you love them? Do you see it as something that's like, oh, it's just it's really one more great day we can set aside to have some really great sex. It's a day I want to make sure I get rid of my kids for the weekend so that we have some time together. Like, I don't know. Like, but if it's got you that worked up, it might be time to sit down with yourself and go, okay, why am I giving this holiday this much power? No, for sure. That's the first thing I thought, actually. Like, bro, you're a little too upset just from the sound of it. Right. Like, you know, again, people taking their extreme. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. I just, you know, for me, I consider Valentine Valentine's has always been in my eyes a little more like to show the appreciate the love appreciation to your girlfriend or partner or whoever. It's never, I've never had expectations around it for me to like receive something. I don't know why that is, if that's just driven in from how we've always celebrated it. But as far as like the pressure, I've never really felt that around Valentine's Day. Like to me, that'd be like the anniversary or something like Valentine. I think people overthink Valentine's Day. Yeah. It doesn't anniversary, happen. don't fuck that one up. If you want advice <laughs> from Uncle Randy, that's the one you can't <laughs> whiff on, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think like, the thing is, is you can do a really romantic gesture that doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. I, the piece that I just put out a couple, like a couple that came out a couple of weeks ago about like how to surprise your spouse. The truth is, is nostalgia is a really valuable tool, right? Like reminding your spouse of the things that like you've done together that can create some connection. Like romance can be a walk down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Like it can be recreating your first date night. Like there's lots of ways to do it that don't have to be big and gifty. Like, well, that was what I was, I just had, I'm interrupting you. Cause I just wrote that down to actually say that. Like I've got a question coming up for uncle Randy and I'm willing to go ahead and go into it now with, with you guys. Cause I care about both of you deeply, but yeah, aren't, wouldn't it be behoove people to start moving their, uh, gifts and things toward experiences instead of so much, you know, it doesn't have to be such a, a, a materialistic. materialistic thing. Mm -hmm. Like experiences tend to last longer, be more yeah. meaningful. They take a little bit more forethought, but I yeah. think they're, uh, you know, you get more bang for your buck. Yeah. They but take, whenever you can create a space where there's emotion, mm -hmm. you know, that's sort of stirred, this is why nostalgia can work really well. Like whether you take an old photograph and you blow it up, whether you create a small scrapbook for them, whether you, you know, write even a cute note that says, you know, one of my favorite memories of us is like those kinds of things. And even walks like walks outside or, you know, a visit to a, I can't even think right now. Like, a visit to a conservatory or somewhere that like a botanic garden or something that allows mm -hmm. you to like spend time together that you can talk and connect versus, you know, maybe sitting in a loud crowded restaurant or sitting in a movie theater, mm -hmm. like, you know, or yeah, sure. You can buy her a diamond necklace if that floats your boat, but it may not be the thing she remembers most. The thing she might remember most is the handwritten note you stuck in the card. 
Mm-hmm. Well, sure. And how long is that going to last, right? If you just then throw her a necklace mm-hmm. and then it's over. Right. I, mean, I would I mean, most people would be over that in a heartbeat. They might, you know, thanks for the the gift, you know, the purchase, but right. If there's nothing else to hold on to, that's gonna that's gonna fail pretty quickly. You want to ask the next one, babe? Because I want to get to them. It's a good one. Want to see what Rachel's thoughts are on this? One. All right. What are y'all's thoughts on the amount of time you should be with someone before buying them a Valentine's Day gift? Ooh, that's a really good question. Don't start dating somebody in February before Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, like, I that's exactly where I was going to go with it. Like, if you're dating within a month of Valentine's Day, I almost think that's too like you could come across as pushy. Uh, yeah. Unless it's something very small, like a pack of gum or something. I know. My just, opinion is like, you gotta, if you like somebody and it's like Halloween, wait till like March to actually, <laughs> cause then you got the fucking holidays and shit and worry about Christmas and you know, just hold off. <laughs> yeah. That gets pressure. weird. Right. Rachel. Like if you're in a new relationship and you start in our holiday season, like around Thanksgiving and shit. And then do I, do I invite you to my family? Do I, should I right. let you go to my family? Do I go with you to yours? Do I get you a Christmas present. This is weird. <laughs> well, again, this is little, this will, you know, lend itself to the, how great is our communication right off the bat? Like, can we have some hard conversations about like where we are, what we want, what our expectations are, yeah. but also if you're new in the relationship, you know, you can buy a couple red roses and it's, you know, it doesn't have to be big and elaborate. Again, it's appropriate to where you are in the relationship. <laughs> like if I've been dating you for two weeks, we might go out on Valentine's day, but I don't necessarily have to bring you 50 roses for that. Right. Like, but it doesn't mean we don't go out just because we're newly dating and it happens to be Valentine's day. Like, yeah. I don't think it's worth the risk though of not breaching the subject verbally. Like yes, I, somebody needs to say, Hey, what do we, we buy each other some shit or right. not? What do you think? How do you feel about it? Right. I know we're new and shit. So do you, we cool with no, yes, I'm cool with whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody's right. got to Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause one of you is going <laughs> to end up pissed off or hurt if nobody ever brings it up. So. Well, it's also one of those places where you'll figure out pretty quickly how honest the other person was about it, right? Like, for sure. Yeah, she says, like, don't buy me anything. So you don't buy her anything. And then she's super pissed off. You'd be like, oh boy. Okay. So we're already going to have some communication issues around here. Oh, yeah. She's too high maintenance already. Yeah. If she's going to give it to you, not give you the business, not give you the. Straight up truth. <laughs> the same way with a guy. A lot of guys would do that at the same point. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a good barometer of uh, whether somebody's going to be in their uh, feelings all the time. You know? And here's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't have issue with people being in their feelings. Sure. But be honest about those feelings rather than sitting in them and stewing in them and figure out which feelings you're feeding. Right? Like, What's the story you're telling yourself about why the person you're with did the thing they did? Like if you're painting a really nasty negative picture of them around the fact that they didn't buy you a gift, is that helpful to the relationship? Or could you try to be more generous in your interpretation of them not getting you the gift? Like maybe they felt really awkward about this, or maybe they weren't sure what to do, or, you know, 
there's lots of reasons people do things rather than assume the worst about them. Try being a little generous in how you make sense of that. That's fair. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, listen to this doozy, Rachel. Mm. Rachel, I recently read a whole article about fucking prior to beginning your Valentine's plans. I agreed with the entire thing. Basically, you fuck first while it's fresh on your mind and you have plenty of time for it before either of you start making excuses not to your mood changes or you get too tired. What do you think of this strategy? I'm all for that strategy because here's the thing. There's a great strategy. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if that's your priority, right? Like if we're making sure, like we're being really intentional about the fact that we want to have sex on Valentine's Day, make it top priority then. Yeah. Put it first and foremost and then get ready to go out. Or maybe then you decide you don't need to go out. Right. <laughs> yeah, but even then, maybe you could like, I, I just now started, once I saw that thinking about it, it makes total sense because yeah. then for one, if you're the guy, you're not going to be sitting there at dinner or all the other shit and that's letting, what thinking letting the pos the the fuckage take place and you not be present in the shit that you're doing. Right. So you get that release prior in so many ways. And <laughs> then you can enjoy the evening and go to bed early. So here's the one piece I'm gonna add to that. You need to make sure that your partner is in that same mind frame as you because otherwise. Remember, not everybody has that sort of spontaneous desire where like, it's kind of like a lightning bolt to your crotch. We're like, I want to have sex now. <laughs> a lot of people have what's called responsive desire and they need a little more lead in. And so some people, the reason you do dinner first and like romantic stuff first is to get people in that space. But there's other ways to do that, right? Like you can try sexting throughout the day. You can leave love notes or like in their planner for the day. Like there's things you can do to put, if your partner's more like responsive in their desire, there's things you can do throughout the day that would lead up to that. But just don't expect that because you all of a sudden decide you want to get down and dirty, that they're supposed to be in the same space as you. Not everybody's like that. So just again, knowing your partner and figuring out how to set that, like get them in that mind frame with you. Yeah. So what's your basis? Not everybody can go zero to 60 in yes. 4.2 seconds. Yep. Ease them into it. They want yeah. the, the romance and the fanning the flame and all that stuff. Right. I'm all for bang it out prior, then go have fun, build up a whole nother session for when you get home. There you go. Why am I doing so many? What all does this mean? <laughs> doing the like, hand gestures of like holding I'm hands. Over, like I'm using with I'm I'm becoming Uncle Randy full time or something. <laughs> Bleeding into real life. I don't know what to do with my hand, but yeah, I, I actually thought it was fascinating when I heard yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> it's a bad idea at all. I mean, they always tell guys if you're honest when you're a young guy, you're coming up. The older guys always say, "Dude, jerk off before you go out on a big date." Get it over with. Get it out. That way you're you'll be yourself with the girl. You the, won't be thinking about getting her naked so quickly. Yeah, the great cinematic treasure. Yeah, something, of, about something about Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clean the pipes. I mean, that's really told to everybody. And I mean, I guess that kind of correlates to this whole mm -hmm. article. Yeah, I mean, I think that and the thing is, is even when I'm working with couples around, you know, they're not feeling like sex is happening enough in their relationship. One of the first things I tell people is put it on your schedule. They're like, well, that takes all the excitement and the spontaneity out of it. I'm like, but that's not happening anyway. 
you're here talking to me because it's not spontaneously happening. Let's put it on the calendar. Let's make a plan. And actually, sometimes having the plan can be enough to put somebody in the mind frame, right? Like having it on your calendar going, we're having sex tonight. Oh, so in the shower this morning, you might shave your legs. You might <laughs> like clean everything up. You might, you're, you're thinking all day about the fact that we have sex on the calendar tonight. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's just being that intentional. So have the conversation. We're going to, we're going to get down and dirty before we go out to dinner. And sometimes that's enough to get people in that mind frame. Well, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I think most people, if you're physically <laughs> to each other and one of them brings that idea up, I don't see why and how anybody could be like, nope. I mean, that can get you started right then. I mean, I'm all for like the, you know, if you have it on the schedule, you know, you're going to be in advance. I mean, you can work it up, talk about, you know, send texts or something mm -hmm. back and forth, and everything rolling, if that's what you uh, need to do. But, you know, I'm all about, I like how you've always been on, like, if you want to have sex on the calendar, that that can be a good thing. So many people think that's bad to pencil in your sex. And I disagree. I think it, if it's important to a couple, you can put it wherever the fuck you want it to be. Well, right. And if it matters to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it matters to you, why isn't it on your priority list? Why is it the last thing that gets done? We're not having sex till like the kids go to bed and the laundry's done and the dishes are put away. And you've already decided then that it's not a priority. Mm -hmm. But if you put it on your schedule, if you make it an actual priority, other things will then have to get put below it. Yeah. And if you act, if you've given that advice, I'm sure, like in yeah. sessions, right? To people yep. to start yep. penciling in their sex and yeah. have, I mean, share who you talk to and shit like that. But <laughs> you know, right? Like it helped people yeah. that if they're not having enough sex, if one of them's griping about not having enough sex, the husband bringing up that of like, let's making it a priority and put it on the calendar seems like a no brainer to me. Well, the other thing that it helps with is when you have people who feel like they have a never ending to do list, mm -hmm. it reminds them that this also is important, mm -hmm. right? Like if you feel like you've got all the things you got to do and you work all the time and you do, you know, got to take the kids and got to do the thing and got to clean the house and got to mow the grass and all that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I also need to have sex with my partner. Because yeah. I actually like sex with my partner when I remember to have it and I don't wait until like I did all the things on my checklist and now I'm too tired and it's like 11 o'clock at night and all I can do is fall in bed. Like it's it's not just that it's like it can just put people back in that place where like, oh, yeah, I like this and it's important to me. And now I'm remembering that it's important to me. Yeah. I agree. I mean, we've always, we've been very open from the jump. Everybody knows we've talked about its importance in uh, our relationship. And I'm not, not saying everybody has to be like, everybody's different, but uh, for us, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a big thing. Well, we just, we're both on the same page with it. And that's what's most important is <clears throat> we're you both animals. have to be on the same page on where it is on, on your priority list and what right. you're, you know, what you would both be satisfied with as far right. as, how often and all that. I mean, yeah, we both know that there's certain things that have to wait. <laughs> well, I mean, the other piece of that is right. Is that desire discrepancy, which is, you know, in a couple, somebody wants sex more than the other person ever will. Like 
this happens really regularly. And so it's so much about negotiation and compromise and understanding the other person. And how do you make the sex you're having worth having, even if it's not as often as you would like to have it? Yeah. Well, here's another caveat to this question, which we're going to talk about this for hours. I can feel it. But uh, oh, boy. oh, boy. So if you've got one partner that wants sex more than the other, like it's a vast difference. Mm -hmm. And the other partner is doing their part to, to come up and negotiate and meet them in the middle. And they want to increase the sex and all that. But because of how they have everything arranged and it's not a true priority, they're not giving full, uh, they're not giving it their all during sex. What do you say about that? Like if you're just doing the sex to do the sex, like I'm going to lay here and let you destroy me like a, a blow up <laughs> doll. Like that's not cool. Like that's not the same thing. But this is in that same vein of, is the sex you're having worth having? Would you rather have sex less often, but have sex where both parties are really present and really enjoying it? Or would you rather have it every day, but somebody's just not that invested? Like, and that's part of that negotiation, right? The other thing is that sometimes people, because this society has this idea that like the best kind and the only kind and the kind of non-broken, you know, desire is that spontaneous desire where you just want sex and you're like, oh my God, I'm totally turned on right now. But a lot of people aren't. Some people need, Emily Nagoski's used this. Um, she wrote the book, Come As You Are, which I think everybody on the planet should read. Um, I'm going to read it tonight. Awesome. <laughs> but she has, she uses this kind of analogy of like, Sometimes people need an invitation to the party. You know, if we think of sex as the party, right? And we're going to invite you to the party. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I like parties. But then the day of the party, you're like, oh, wait, I got to get dressed. And I got to go to the party. And then I got to pick up a hostess gift. And I got to do the, maybe I really don't want to have, like, maybe I really don't want to go to the party. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, shit, it's my best friend said I'd go to the party, I need to go to, fuck it, fine, I'll go to the party. You go to the party and you have a good time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you gotta talk yourself into actually going to the party. Mm -hmm. Like I think like sometimes you as the partner who may want less sex, you know, just naturally, sometimes you have to, you know, get yourself to go to the party anyway, and then you have a good time once you're at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. This is another diversion on this question that I think is important because we have a lot of, um, you know, younger people that are starting to kind of follow our podcast, not like below age, but just becoming adults. Right. Mm -hmm. And I try to set the expectation with them and let them know that, you know, your sex life isn't going to be the same as like the porn that you're watching, you know, like people <laughs> build up, they think, and what I'm getting at is the guy talking about the performance, maybe not being up to par for one, everybody has off nights and everything oh, right. that you do, right. You just, you don't perform to your, your a game. God damn right. it happens, but it's also not the same as every night. She's not going to want you busting nuts on her face or putting a dildo in her butthole or something <laughs> like that. That's not going to happen every time. Like, there has to be rational, you know, you got to be rational about what you're getting. Well, right. I mean, life is not porn, you know, mm -hmm. 
case in point, like spit is not lube. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, let's be real. But also like remembering that sex, number one, does not have to be so goal oriented, right? Like sex, how do you define sex and how do you expand your definition of sex? Is, can sex be naked cuddling where nobody has an orgasm? Yes, if you as a couple decide that that counts. Part of what I run into with couples who are struggling around their sexuality is that we've narrowed the definition of sex to only include, if we're talking about heterosexual couples, like penis in vagina, like then it counts as sex or it only counts as sex if orgasms are involved. Well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Sexual activity is, it's, it's vast. And mm -hmm. you get to define sex for yourselves in your relationship. And the more broad you make it, the more often you're actually having sex. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. also, you know, what can be challenging for couples is getting on the same page, right? Like if you got, you know, one partner one night is wanting to be really intimate, you know, and have the whole package and one wants to get it hot, steamy and done, you know, they're all in, but you know, would prefer it be quick, you know? So how do you navigate those? If both partners, like you can just, you know, sometimes you just feel that, right. You just kind of have to navigate right. it and meet in the yeah. middle or something. Sometimes you have to compromise. Sometimes somebody's given a little more or somebody's moving it in a little different direction than they thought they were going to. But like what, here's the biggest issue that I run into very often is people don't know how to talk about sex except when they're having sex or like right after they've been really disappointed around sex. Let's not do that. Like talk about sex before you're there. Like talk about sex over dinner one night. Talk about sex like after you watch a movie. Like talk about what it is your expectations are. Figure out how to ask things of each other that you want without being in that moment. Like what language works for your partner? Like you can say cock to some people, it's a total turn on and to somebody else, it is the biggest turn off you've ever heard. Yeah. Like you just shut that shit down in two seconds. Yeah. So like understanding what language works with your partner, understanding where their comfort zone is, and then recognizing that how do you know, you might need to stretch your comfort zones, both of you is to being able to talk about um, I think I've, I might've shared it once upon a time, but like Esther Perel has a really great list of like, it's like a hundred questions to ask your partner and they're all sexually related, but it starts to help you figure out how to talk about sex with your partner. But you have to talk about sex outside of the moments of when you want sex, when you're disappointed about sex or you're having sex, like get mm -hmm. comfortable talking about it rather than just doing it. All right, babe, you want to ask our last one? Dave said talk about sex at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that might get to out, but feel That's free. That's the least sexy place in the world. You nailed it. <laughs> There's not a more stressful environment, goddamn, than Chuck E. Cheese. It's probably the right? most That's like awful. anxiety-ridden place. I always feel like I have PTSD. <laughs> I think yeah. I've been in that place twice in my like adult life. Like, they do serve they serve beer. That's why we encouraged Gunner last year for his fifth birthday to have his birthday party there. And then, of course, for his sixth birthday, we were like, let's have it at the house. And then I was like, 
Okay. We forgot to set ground rules. (laughs) 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 All right. I'm a hopeless romantic. I believe in that one special love that said all the women I've dated recently have ended it with me because of my intensity towards love. Why would you date someone if the end goal was not forever signed lucky, unlucky in love? Oh, that's a hard spot to be because I think question. This is the thing, right? Like there's a place where you need to be honest about what it is you're looking for, but also recognize that not everyone's in the same space as you. And can you, can you meet people where they are? The answer to that might be no, like maybe you really can't. But I sort of think about dating in this way. I think about it as the every no gets you closer to the yes. And you never like, can dating just be about expanding your circle? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, who do you who do you know? You never like I know people who ended up with someone who was a friend of a person they went on a date with, you know, mm-hmm. like so can you look at dating a little more broadly? And recognizing that not everyone is where you are. Well, and how do you and how do you be honest with where you're going, but also recognize you might need to slow that down? Not everybody can handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't imagine the stress that this guy puts on himself every time he meets somebody. If every single time he's looking at immediately, forever, like right. you'd miss out on a lot of the fun shit of the early part of courtship. Well, and you're right. Like dating can just be fun. Mm-hmm. Like can you go have fun, have a good time, get to know people. Can dating be about getting to know some getting to know people, expanding your circle rather than that goal and focused oriented? Can you take some of the pressure off of yourself and off of them? And I've heard this from both genders, right? Like I've heard women be like, why why do men only, you know, all they ever want to do is hook up. And I've heard, you know, men be like, why when I talk about wanting to be in a serious committed relationship, do all the women I date run? It's like the people who are all looking for something more serious seem to like, y'all just seem to miss each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. But yeah. as women, I was going to ask you and Brooke, like, What's that like if you're you meet a guy, he's appeasing to you physically, whatever you're looking for, right? But then he's immediately, you know, ejaculating the love word and the, you know, exclusive word and all that. That can kill those looks part pretty quick, right? Like if it's immediate and unless you're feeling the same thing yeah. too, because that's me and you are sure we're pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, Tom and I were pretty Don't, quick too. Uh, yeah, it's you'd have to be on the same page. If not, yeah. then it's it's creepy well i also think the thing to remember is that like there's this idea that there's like well if i'm open and vulnerable it will it will increase intimacy really quickly right it's not always true you have to sort of recognize like what has the relationship earned has it earned that much from me Mm -hmm. like are we in a place where this relationship has sort of earned that level of my vulnerability. Because in some ways it's like, you know, the person at a party that, you know, comes and sits next to you and then like dumps all their trauma about like, yeah. (laughs) What that, interestingly, what that usually is, is someone's attempt to get close to you Mm -hmm. 
but it, that doesn't usually work. It usually chases you off. Like you're just like, oh, okay, that's more than I can handle. And like recognizing that in dating, like this stuff has to be sort of earned, right? Like you have to, you gotta put some marbles in the jar of this relationship before you start pulling out the L word. And before mm -hmm. you start like, I'm looking for like long-term commitment and I only wanna date somebody if they're into long-term commitment. Can you just use dating at first to really get to know them and where they are and see if you fit with them on other levels? Like, do we share the same values? Are the same things important to them that are important to me? Um, rather than dating simply because I'm only dating to find someone to marry. And like, it puts a lot of pressure on dating. And mm. I think you miss a lot of opportunity to, to connect with people when that's the only focus. I mean, yeah. What if you find out, you know, two months in that, you know, the lady that you're prepping to be your wife lets her cats like shit on the couch for fun, <laughs> you know, litter boxes, you know, I mean, there's so many little things you're going to miss. You have no idea about yet in the majority of the time, like Brooke said, sometimes, you know, two people can be on the same page and that shit can work. But so for this guy, would y'all say for him to change his ways or just keep at it till he finds that one crazy son of a bitch like him? And they're like, well, shit, let's get married tomorrow. This is forever. I mean, I think that happens to people, right? Like, I don't pretend that anybody needs to follow a specific timeline. Nobody lives your life but you. But how do you... The way, and I don't know this because I just, I'm listening to the way he worded the question, like being hopeless, being a hopeless romantic and believing that there is a one, that's not the problem. You don't have to change that. My question is, how is it coming across while you're dating people? Like, is it the way you're expressing that? Is it when you're expressing that? Is it like that you need to slow things down so other people can catch up with you? Like looking at your approach more than like, look, I'm a total hopeless romantic. Like I love romance. I'm, I think, you know, some of those stories are like my favorite things. They melt my heart. They're great. And I don't always know that if I had a guy come up to me and be like, I believe in soulmates on our first date. And I think maybe you're my soulmate. Well, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that might be a bit much for me, <laughs> but it's, it's being able to read the person, recognize what the relationship has earned. So maybe it's shifting the approach more than like, he needs to change what he thinks or believes. Yeah. Poor guy though. I mean, if it gets to the point though, where multiple uh, ladies have told him like, Never mind. I mean, well, did, did he say that that they said it was too intense? Was that was that the word? Yeah, was it said they ended it with me because of my intensity towards love? So I think yeah, he probably just rushed. Who right knows into what me. that means? He could yeah. have been like, no. love. <laughs> shut your mouth, and then they say, get away from me. Could have been like you on Netflix. Could have been. <laughs> could have been like Joe. Yeah, like Joe on the show. You. Right. I, I mean, and so. But also different people can handle different levels of intensity and being able to recognize if the person you're dating can handle that kind of intensity from you, right? Like don't assume, like so often we get hurt in relationships because we make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Like maybe slow it down. Maybe, you know, maybe proceed a, with a little more caution and recognize too, like 
sit back and go, okay, what are the ways in which I did this that I repeated the same thing in two or three different relationships and it didn't land well? Like, so it's something about maybe it's because you can't change other people and you're not going to suddenly convince them to come around. The only thing you might be able to change is your approach and like mm -hmm. yourself. And so looking at it and going, okay, what pieces of this are mine? Is there something that I can shift that, that might still feel authentic for me? You know, cause you don't have to give up like thinking love is amazing and being super intent. Like, but is there a way to change the approach that, that other people can receive better? And seeing this would be my question to this guy, and I would love for him to answer back to us for next time Rachel's on to discuss his answer to this. Because he's looking with an end goal in mind of love every time, could it be possible that when the woman or whatever guy, if it's that's who he dates, man, we don't know, but if they say, hey, it's a little too fast, because he wants the end game to be love, he might end it right then and there and consider himself dumped. And missed out on what, you know, if he had slowed his role a little, mm -hmm. ease into it. Let's lubricate mm -hmm. the possibilities first before we just dry hump them <laughs> to death. You know, he could still, he could be ending shit before he needs to just because he's not hearing what he wants. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And you don't know. And you also don't know if people are, are, and like, this would be a quite, like, I'd be really curious as to what were the conversations had? Was there a common, there a common thread and if you can this is where boundaries can come become really handy where like people threw all this stuff at him right like can he look at it and go okay is there some of the information they've thrown at me that's useful that i might need to take into consideration because what i'm trying to accomplish it, it's not it's not coming across the way i mean it to so like what piece is his and what piece could he maybe shift around that would just work better and maybe get him closer to what it is he's looking for. Rachel, can you see a question from Bob on the screen? <laughs> yes. How would you answer it? Because Rachel Miller, I don't, Bob may not know. She used not. to sell I sex did. toys. Oh, yeah. It says, should I rent a car to visit my local sex toy shop? So my neighbors don't see my truck outside the store. I mean, I think you could take an Uber. <laughs> There's an idea. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea too. You don't need to rent I, a car. But why why be embarrassed about going to get your sex? Stuff? I, that's my question. Is are are we that worried about what the neighbors think? Right. Are we assuming that the neighbors haven't also been to the sex toy shop? <laughs> exactly. And if it's that big of a deal, maybe we just need to throw a sex toy party for the neighborhood. I'm just right. gonna throw that out there. But or order it online. Order it online too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> also the option right like <laughs> online is always a possibility and i think that like it might be worth sitting with yourself and figuring out what is it i think that's so bad about going to the sex toy shop that i'd be willing to pay money to rent a car so the neighbors don't see like what's the shame that level about the <laughs> toy store because i promise uh, well, most people go at some point uh-huh all right. Well, that's all of our questions. I do want to ask one last thing, Rachel, on your opinion on these new uh, sex doll robots that they've started. I don't know if you've seen the one that Whitney Cummings had one made of herself. She's a big comedian, a real attractive lady comedian. And she had one made of herself to like be part of her comedy set. But these things are freakishly real and fuckable and like programmable 
to talk back to you um, and shit like that. What are your around? It was like forty thousand dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, very or like a hundred thousand, I thought maybe. Uh, but well, it's interesting to me that these have progressed this much because they used to. I mean, they've been working towards this for a decade or more at least, right? Like there have been some really real. Um, like just even what I'll call dummies for lack of a better word, like where they weren't computerized yet or anything. So it's amazing to me that they've come that far. Um, and I think, I don't know, to each their own, if it, if it works for you, I don't know if you're in a long distance relationship, that shit works really well. I mean, but fucking something mechanical, you run the risk of mechanical failure. And that's what scares me about. Oh, and they do a Kegel and lock onto your, your weenus. Like on Big Bang Theory when he had the robot hand that yeah. locked on? Yes. While I was jerking him <laughs> off. Yes. Wallow it. Okay. I hadn't thought I hadn't thought about that fear level about that. Yeah, that had I mean, not occurred they to have me. like swingable hips or I anything. I feel like there's and, probably a kill switch where it shuts Yeah, down. I would hope so. If you're paying 100 dollars <laughs> there would be a kill there switch. There better be. <laughs> there should be something in there. I mean, yeah. look, I I mean, I think at, at this stage in the game, it is it is whatever it is that works for you that's legal and consensual i haven't even mm -hmm. where no one's being harmed mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. everything's consensual go for it like yeah it works for you yeah you don't have to deal with all the baggage of these ladies rejecting you and shit you just fuck your robots well, and you can make it look like anybody you want y'all can, <laughs> can go fuck all these humans i'm gonna sit here and fuck my robot okay yeah who, who, who by the way is never gonna tell you they have a headache Never. Exactly. And get, but how? And how about, never expect presents. Right. <laughs> how about this one though, Rachel? What do you think? I read an article two days ago about virtual reality fucking for pedophiles. Wait, we talked about the or Joe Rogan talked Joe about Rogan it. Joe Rogan talked about, about it, and that's yeah. what led me down the the loophole looking into it. Those are becoming a real thing overseas, like in, I think it's mm -hmm. China. Let them one, work out the kinks. Where, and they, then where <laughs> you know, these people that have these urges mm -hmm. go and satisfy them on a virtual reality child Holy and maybe day. not offend. Does this open a Pandora? Like, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, then it you scare a, you or you like it? Well, then you put them on a list and you watch them constantly <laughs> and don't let them within 100 feet of a school or 20. Uh. I mean, we've talked about my my concern around the like pedophiles are monsters conversation because mm -hmm. the truth is is they're just people, and mm -hmm. so many people are unwilling. Like, oh, there are there are people who have you know sexual desire towards children and are doing everything in their power to never act on that, and mm -hmm. because it's such a taboo topic, they can't even get help. Mm -hmm. like, do I know that this is the answer? Ugh, I haven't given that enough thought and I'd be really interested to hear what some of the experts in that field particularly are, are finding around that. Um, I mean, it sounds on, on paper, like a safer option, but I don't, I don't know. Like that would, I think there were, and there's so many ethical questions around that, that I don't think I could touch that with a, Oh, with like a who and stuff for that. Right, that's like, yeah. Oh. I mean, I think there's lots of ethical issues around yeah. that, but the whole topic is so challenging because the minute people hear pedophilia, they they lose their shit. Right. You know, <laughs> forgetting that forgetting that in reality, pedophilia was, you know, now we see it as problematic, but for hundreds, thousands of years, 
people were having sex with children all the time. You know, it's still legal. You know, child marriage is still legal in multiple states in the U.S. Like, yeah. so stop yeah. acting like we like it's like mm -hmm. this thing that so awful and no one. Does. Come on. No, it was not ago where we were. You know, as long as you brought a little girl's dad, one of your ox, and some corn and shit, he would let you take, take his daughter, daughter who was twelve. Yeah. That was a real thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, it wasn't so far ago. I mean, I agree with you. It's definitely an issue makes you, you know, most people, their first thought is fry them. That's what they want to say. Kill them. They're un unfixable. Well, immediately, I, don't wanna, yeah. I don't know enough to get into the debate of whether they're fixable or not. But I do know that numbers just say some of these people have not yet offended. Right. They haven't yet. They're this fighting that. Somebody and... hasn't had their first offense where they've actually because they know it's harmed wrong. a child, and so if we could prevent that from ever happening, like how is that not a win for everybody? To me, you'd have you to. Know? How can you guarantee but that? Yeah, that's it, what I'm saying. So if they get a taste and they're like, "Now I want it in real life." Well, it's people that won't even have this conversation, right? That are like, "Nope, fuck them, threw them, fry them, right. they're gone." No, I think it's an interesting concept, and I. I'm intrigued on what they find out over there. I mean, like it's, it's very, cause when Joe Rogan brought that up years ago on his podcast or whatever, it, it's, it's intriguing, but he was talking about ones in prison. Maybe I think even well, Brian or, Callen was talking about how he doesn't think that they're redeemable. That yeah. There's any kind of uh, help that can help them. But, you know, I mean, I think Rachel has said before, like so. any kind of mental disorder or, yeah, I don't know if it's called that, but um, there are I mean, right now it's categorized as a it's categorized as a as a mental illness, and yeah. that's how we see it in society on paper. But in reality, like I said, this shit's like we still have legalized child marriage in the U.S., so we pretend like we don't like we sort of talk out both sides of our mouths, right? Like mm -hmm. it happens in lots of places, and I think that it's 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 just too easy to make blanket statements about things when, for all you know, it's your best friend. Mm, for sure. all you know, it's your it's your I don't know, it's your nephew. You just you just don't know who's struggling with that, and because mm. it's we've made it such a thing we cannot talk about, they struggle alone. Well, like. For for example, this, right? Like, I don't want people to get it twisted. Like, I'm sitting here or any of us are pro-pedophilia. Oh, that's not what no one's saying. Not, that's not what the conversation. I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is, imagine the set of balls it takes to acknowledge that you have sexual urges. feelings and oh. urges toward children. Just yeah. to say it. Like, because your life is over in our society now. If you admit that, you voice right. that vocally. There's just no, there's not many outlets for them to get help. And maybe right. if there was, if they could go and fuck a couch cushion in virtual reality and not ever fuck any real kids. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm open to talk. I'm just saying I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Maybe do some it's study. It's a hard conversation. Yeah. Like, and who's going to, and it'll be interesting to see if anybody will fund that research, right? Like, because people shut it off. Who's going to raise their hand is like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, right. then 
<laughs> well, yeah, they know they're going to get put on some right. list, some watch list. Right, or... right, and I agree that they should. This is so fascinating to me. How did we go from Valentine's Day to this? I don't know. That's, that's Randall. No, I just Randall brought it up. Randall brought it up. Yeah, it's all his fault. Got one of our <laughs> one of our side tracks, but yeah. Well, I had said that we were just going to go an hour. We went yep. an hour and 15, 11 minutes, but I want to give Rachel a chance to plug all of her socials where they can find you. Okay. I know you were recently on the news, weren't you, in I Chicago? Was. Yeah, I did, a, I did a news clip on Saturday morning with uh, the, the local Fox 32 channel about seasonal affective disorder. You can find that on my, I think I have it pinned on Twitter. Twitter is, I think, Rachel D. Miller, this is how bad I am. I don't even know my own my own social media stuff. Tom will be really mad at me. Um, my Facebook page. Yeah, there you go. My Facebook page is Rachel D. Miller. Rachel D. Miller AMFT. I know the link is on there. I also had a recent. Um, my Instagram should also. Oh no, that's what it is. My Twitter is Miller Rachel D. My Instagram is Rachel D. Miller. <laughs> Can't keep my shit straight. Um, <laughs> I had a recent article that you, I think I've tweeted out a couple times, um, specifically about surprising your spouse. That one just I came out. It. I did read it. It was a great Thank article. You. Thanks. <laughs> um, what else do I have going on? Uh, my, I may have a wall, uh, some quotes in a Wall Street Journal piece coming up. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a busy uh, media blitz, and now I'm here with you guys. Like, yeah. What about your puppy's really? Instagram? Your puppy's Instagram uh, is blowing up. <laughs> The puppies actually, the puppies Instagram is way more popular than mine. Uh, the puppies are Cavies um, underscore Porter underscore and underscore Stout. Um, so Porter and Stout have their own, you know, fan base, and everybody loves them. They're so and fucking cute! I want to kiss their little faces so much. I want to give a shout yeah. out to Elaine, one of our listeners that's in the chat. She Hi, just Elaine. Won, she mm. just won a writing contest, folks. She did. She won it. Yeah, she won it. Yeah. I voted for she's you. She's out there kicking ass. <laughs> Check out her. She's a hopeless optimist, right? On Twitter. She's yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. from the super beginning. She was yes, one of our first of like our seven Twitter followers when we had like less than 10 Twitter followers. I we think. love that lady. Yes, we do. And, and her story was amazing. She sent it to us on Twitter Messenger and I immediately went in there and read it while I was eating lunch one day and voted for her. So, yay. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Follow her if you don't follow her because once she got into writing... It was she exploded. She just dove straight into it like a couple yeah. of years ago. It's really good. And it's funny you watch how these uh our groups intertwine, right? Like because yeah, people will meet Rachel, she comes on our show, we meet her, they start following her. Then Amy Lyle comes on. Mm -hmm. Elaine kind of started following Amy Lyle, became a fan of Amy's books. Mm -hmm. You know, and that just mentors her into the writing community. It's great to watch the success stories of social media, yeah. I'm trying to say. And not it is, it's super fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Rachel. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, we all love right. you. Everybody. Uh have a good night and uh we will be back again some in the future. Definitely right. soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Missed you. All right. Good to talk to you. Missed See you, you Rachel. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Up your asses. <laughs> Hi.